0: Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. We are changing the way the world sees God. You say, why would you want to change the way the world sees God? I'll tell you why. Because the God that most people believe in is unlovable. The God that most people believe in scares them to death. The God that people believe in makes people run away screaming. They don't want any part of the God that they've been taught to believe in. I got news for you. God, the Father, of the Lord Jesus Christ, he is love. Everything He does comes from love, and you can connect with His love. You can experience His love, and you can have an incredible transformation. I'm going to tell you something. Today, you're going to tap into something that I'm going to bet you never thought about. I didn't think about it until God showed it to me, but I want to talk to you today about choosing the love or the kind of love that you desire to experience. In other words, you can decide right now, how you want your relationship with God to be, how you want Him to love you, and He tells you how you can make it happen. I'll be right back. Don't go away. You know, I've got a great free gift for you this month. It's a message called the extravagant love of God. I want to tell you something. I want you to get saturated in how much God loves you because then you're going to fall in love with Him and your life is going to work the way it's supposed to. Hey, let me remind you, if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure right now to just click below and like this message. I'm telling you, people all over the world need to hear this message that we're going to be sharing today because people are struggling. People don't feel loved. I'm telling you, the greatest need that a human being has is not just to informationally or doctrinally know that God loves them or informationally know that somebody says that they love them man to be able to feel love, giving and receiving love. I'm going to tell you something. That is the quality of spirituality. That is the quality of life. That is the quality of, of the life that God has come to give us. He wants us not to believe first. And it starts with believing. You just have to choose to believe. You know, there are things in the Bible that when I first read them, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't see this. I don't get this. I don't understand this. I ain't never seen this but it's in the Bible, so I choose to believe it. And then I just pray. I'd say, now, God, you know I'm just making a choice to believe this, but because I'm choosing to believe it, I'm going to trust that you're going to show me what it looks like. I'm, I'm going to trust that you're going to that, that, that make this real to me and, and show me how that this could come to pass in my life. And you know something? Over 45 years now, everything I've chosen to believe I'm not saying it happened instantly. Sometimes it was days. Sometimes it was hours. Sometimes it was months. Sometimes it was years. Sometimes it was it was years and years and years. And 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 next week I'll be talking to you about why some of that stuff took so long. But I'm telling you what God has always been faithful to show me that what I've chosen to believe is true. Not just from an informational point of view. But it's true and it really, really, really works in life. And so we have to choose to believe the love of God. And if you, you know, if you don't know how to do that, the, the main place you go to choose to believe that is when you discover what God did for you through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That is the place where you go. And the more you know about the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, the higher uh, a degree of, of value that you're going to feel like you are to God. The more you're going to understand that you're the object of his affection, the more you're going to understand how precious you are, the more you're going to understand how much he really, really loves you. But you're not just going to understand it, you're going to feel it. Man alive, that's where life gets worth living. When you believe the love of God, at some point through the interaction that's going to start happening between you and God, you're gonna start feeling the love of God. It's, it's just like when you meet somebody. You know, we're so we're so goofy in our relationship with God because it, we, we've got it all mystical. We don't, we don't, we think it's different than relationships with people. The only thing that's different about having a relationship with God to relationship with people is that God never wavers. God never, God, God, even if you break God's heart, He's going to stay faithful to you. Even when you grieve the Holy Spirit, He's got, He's not going to leave you alone. He's not going to go away and stop speaking to you and start pouting and start treating you bad. So God, His love comes out of His character. It comes out of who He is. It does not come out of, in response to what we do. We are not controlling, uh, God uh, and I, I tell you what, that is that is such a wonderful thing. So, but still, the dynamics of developing a relationship are all the same. It's all about communication. It's all about getting to know each other. It's all about developing trust. It's all about it's it's all about recognizing the benefits. You know, that's why the Bible says, "Taste and see that the Lord is good." At. It, 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 he's saying you have to experience this before you can really know it as a reality. You know, I've told people for really close to 40 years, you don't really know if anything you believe is real until you see it come to pass, until you see it happen. Now, you know, you can trust because you know who God is that his word is true. But your interpretation of God's word, your interpretation of your doctrine, you don't you don't know. You know, you don't know if you got it right. You don't know if you got it figured out until it works. And when it works, in real life, and you see the fruit of it, it is then and only then that you have really had a revelation, that you have really connected with what God is trying to say to you because you have to experience it before it is actually real to you. So you can experience it in your heart right now. Or you can wait until it comes to pass and experience it then, but you've got to experience it for it to be real. Well, that's, that's the way the love of God is. And I'm telling you, we live in a, we live in an information age when people have all kinds of doctrinal, scriptural, intellectual information about the love of God. But I, I I gotta tell you, see, here's the thing. The Bible says if you're not treating other people in love, then you're not experiencing the love of God. Not, it's not saying you haven't ever experienced the love of God. It's saying that you're not right now experiencing the love of God. If right now, you're not treating people uh, with, with that same kind of love. And I got I, I got to tell you, many of the people that I know that are just hammering the love of God from a doctrinal point of view are mean. I'm telling you, they are they are mean. They're critical. They're judgmental, and they don't realize that they're they're legalistic. If you don't if you don't believe about God like they believe about God, man, they're going to assassinate you emotionally. They're going to dog you out. They're going to they're going to be against you. They're going to talk bad about you. And it's like, okay, so you got the doctrine of love, and you got it down pretty good. You can write books about it. You can, you can talk about it, but man, love evidently this is not something you ever really experienced in a great degree because it's not making any great difference in your life and When we experience the love of God, experience, let me say that again, experience, experience, experience. Now you may be like me, you may have grown up through an era, man, when we were told that our emotions were not important, that if you were emotional, you were carnal. If you trusted your emotions, da, 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 da. Well, you know, we don't, we don't trust our emotions. We're not led by our emotions, but we have, we have a soul. God gave us a soul and a soul is where you experience feelings and emotions. And if you don't experience something, it is nothing but information. God wants you to experience His love. And I'm going to give you an insight today that I'm telling you I think is one of the most powerful insights you can ever have, and is simply this. Not only in your relationship with God, but I'm going to show you how this works in your relationship with people. You get to decide what kind of love you're going to get back from God. Now, one of the very, very first things everybody's going to say is, oh, wait a minute. No, God loves everybody equally. So God loves everybody the same. So everybody's getting the same kind of love. Well, let me say this. Everybody is having the same kind of love offered to them, but nothing is experienced until it is received by faith. That word receive means to take hold of, bring it to yourself, make it your own. Until you trust God's character and nature, until you trust what the word of god writes about his love till you trust that in him as a person as a being till you trust that and connect with that and experience that then then the real truth is is again it's just it's just information now when i came to god i wanted a relationship and I, you know i don't know what of course, so many people today don't even win people to Jesus. Uh, you know, the inclusion message says, oh, you know, look, God loves everybody and everybody's really going to heaven, whether they want to or not, whether they believe or not. You know, that's nowhere in the Bible. You can, you cannot prove that scripturally. Unless you reject hundreds of scriptures, unless you reject everything that God has taught us all the way through the entire Bible and all the way up through the book of Revelation, you, you gotta you gotta pretty much reject something on almost every page of the Bible to, to uh deny that our connection to God is something that He initiates, something that Jesus received by His faith, His walk with God, but it's something that we participate in because of faith. Because faith is is not us trying to make it happen. Faith is us trusting that it has happened. Now, stop in mind. You know, the Bible says God's true and every man's a liar. And there's a lot of ways I've interpreted that verse over the years. But I'll tell you what I came to understand is this. However God sees it, however God says it, that is the truth. And if I disagree with God's truth, I am calling him a liar. And it's amazing how we can come up with concepts of truth, interpretations of truth that's different than what the Lord Jesus presented. And I'll tell you, he is the acid test for what's truth. He showed us how to understand everything God, God had ever said. And really, he modeled what God's love would look like when it's, when it's offered to people. And I got to tell you something. Not everyone that Jesus preached a message to accepted his message. Not everyone that could have gotten healed did get healed. And he didn't go selecting just, I'm going to heal this one, I'm going to heal this one. No, he was there offering what he had to all who would hear, all who would believe, all who would who would come to him in faith because they trusted him. And it's the same way in the love of God. God is offering a quality of love, an, an exceptional quality of love to us. But not every person is choosing to have this the unique aspect of, of love with God. Don't go away. I'm going to come back I'm going to show you what it is, how you connect to it, and how it can be yours right now. I'll be right back. You know, there is nothing more important for every aspect of your spiritual life, your physical life, your emotional life than knowing and feeling the love of God. Yes, I said feeling. I'm not talking about just having information, just quoting verses. I'm talking about experiencing a connection with God that you can feel when you feel the love of God. Don't forget, if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure and like it and subscribe to this YouTube channel. Man, this is going to help thousands and thousands of people all over the world get to hear messages that otherwise they would never get to hear. Plus, you're going to make sure that you always know the latest thing that's going on, the the latest messages that got out, and you're going to get all the tools that I'm producing to help you make this incredible journey with God. All right. You remember how that in Jesus' life, there were messages that he would preach to the masses, then there were messages that he would preach to his disciples. Then there were messages that he would preach to his apostles. Then there were messages that he would preach to three of the apostles. And then there seems to be indicators that there was some aspect of connection that he had with John that didn't really exist with any of those any of those other people. Now, some people their head, top of their head will blow off when they, when they Think about that because like, no, no, no. Because see, we want a legalistic relationship with the love of God. No, 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 no. If the contract says this, then that's what we get. And, and we don't want to approach God as if this is a heart relationship. Now I'll tell you something. When you go into a relationship, two people come together and see, being unequally yoked is, is about even more than just whether or not one person's a Christian, one person's not a Christian. Being unequally yoked can come down sometimes to what their commitment is to each other. You know, one person may come into a relationship and that commitment is, I'm, I'm, I'm here to have a good time and, and until there's problems. Another person might become that relationship, saying, "Man, I am here to love you, and to I am here to I, I'm to spend my life with you. I'm here to have this heart-to-heart relationship. I want to open up to you. I want to I want you to know me. I want to know you. I want I want this to be intimate and passionate and lifelong." Now you know, in a situation like that, that number one, the person that's offering that quality of love is going to going to be very lonely. Because they're going to be giving their all. They're going to be bearing their heart to someone that's never going to reciprocate, that's never going to respond to them in in that kind of love. And, and, And they're going to be lonely. By the same token, that person who is just there kind of having a good time, they're never going to be able to connect with and experience that kind of love that the other person is giving. You see... There's a very interesting law of sowing and reaping and sowing and reaping is a law of grace. It's not a law of works, it's not a law of legalism. You go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 where Paul talks about sowing and reaping and he connects it very specifically to experiencing the grace of God. The power, the capacity, the strength, the ability of God that works from your heart that that comes by unmerited favor makes you able to do and be and have and whatever God says you Can do, be, and have, and so in in that pass, in that those two chapters, even though he's talking there about finances, this really applies to any aspect of grace. You cannot get the grace to receive anything that you are not seeking the grace to give away. See, we all want people to understand us, but very few of us are really seeking for the love and the patience and and the wisdom to understand others first. No, no, we, we just want everybody to understand us. And then it's amazing when we just want people to understand us, but we don't want to understand them. It's amazing how we stay in conflict with people and nobody ever understands us. Same way with mercy. We want everyone to be merciful to us when we fail, when we sin, when we do unacceptable things. But you know, not many people are really seeking, God, I want to be... And you don't have to use the word grace. You know, but, but that's what works. I want to be merciful. I want to be able to love the unloved. I want to be kind to people who don't deserve it. I want to, I want to help people. I want to, I want to pick people up and encourage them. Very, very few people are really praying for that. But I'll tell you what, whenever anybody's down, they're praying for other people to bring that to them. And, and so the the concept that Paul presents in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 is that, is that we only get the grace to receive that which we are getting the grace to give away. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, everybody was seeking the gimmick for prosperity. And, and it was the name it, claim it, grab it, and stab it, hundredfold return on your offering. And it was all a bunch of nonsense. It was all driven by greed because nobody in those movements were seeking a heart for generosity, God. I I want to give. I, I want to I want to serve other people through my giving. I want other people to be blessed. No, we we just want it. We just want it to receive. And, and you know, of course, we all said, "Well, but but now when I prosper, I'm gonna I'm really gonna give." Well, you know, Paul even addressed that. He said, "You know what? It doesn't matter if there's a willingness there. If there's no means to do whatever it is you say you're willing to do." In other words, if you're willing, be willing with where you are, be willing with what you've got, and that's the way we are with love. It's like, oh, I want a great love, I want, it, but but you don't. Know, but I'm not. I'm not going to run the risk first. I'm not going to get out there and and make myself vulnerable first. Somebody's got to come and love me that way. Well, the problem is, since this is all about the heart, you cannot perceive that kind of love if, in fact, you don't have it in your heart. You know. Uh, You've heard me talk about this. In the Greek, there are three words primarily for love. That's agape. And agape love is more out of your own character. It has nothing to do with the other person. That's the kind of love we're supposed to have. We're supposed to love people out of our own character. It has nothing to do with how they respond. It has nothing to do with what they want, what they don't want. It has nothing to do with whether we get any benefits. This is just who we are. That's the kind of love that God offers to us. And in fact, that's the kind of love that God offers to the world. And but we also realize there's, there's a phileo love and that phileo love has to do with friendship and, and which gets more into giving and receiving. And then there's eros, there's, which is an erotic love, which can, it can get in a little bit of, of, of lustfulness. I don't think it really implies that so much, but <clears throat> we understand those three words from, from uh, the, the Greek perspective, from the Greek New Testament. But in, in the Hebrew and in the Aramaic, there were actually four words for love. Now, I want you to understand that the Gospels were written in Aramaic originally. As a matter of fact, Jesus and, Jesus and his disi- disciples didn't speak Greek. They spoke in, in Aramaic, which was basically a kind of a mixture of Hebrew and, and a Galilean dialect. And so the first Gospels were actually written in Aramaic, and and it wasn't until centuries later that they that they were translated into Greek. And so, uh, in the Aramaic New Testament, Jesus uses uh, this fourth Aramaic word, and this fourth Aramaic word is a very interesting word because it is a word for love. That, can, that, that is a love that can only be given to someone who has the intention to give it back. Now, when the Bible says, for God so loved the world, I want you to understand... The love that God is offering to the world is a love that comes out of his character. It is a self-sacrificial love. It is an incredible love. You know, there are all kinds of divine aspects to that love. It is a love that, that the world desperately needs to have. But the problem is God, is God cannot give the love where relationship comes from to people who don't want His love, who don't want to be in a relationship. You see, a a heart that can't be in a relationship, that doesn't want to be in a relationship, that doesn't, like I say, doesn't want to be open and honest, that doesn't want to leave everything else behind and dive into this. See, you know, that's why marriage is such a type of a relationship with God because when you get married, the whole concept is, I am leaving everything else behind. You know, I am not going to be with anybody else. I'm not going to share my heart with anybody else. I'm not going to give myself physically, intimately, sexually, romantically to anybody else. I am giving up all other loves for you. I'm making you first in my life, and you're going to be the my pearl of great price. You're going to be what's most precious to me. Well, you can't walk around loving everybody like that. Man, if you walk around loving everybody like that, not only are you a fool, but you're going to get your heart broken more times than you can imagine. So you have to realize that the reason you don't give that kind of love to everybody is because not everybody wants that kind of love. Not everybody you meet is trying to have that kind of relationship. Man, there's nothing sadder than the lonely single person who every person they meet, they try to give them that love before they even know who they are. And then they get their heart broken. And then they're they're, they're ready to commit suicide because like, oh man, I'm never going to find anybody that loves me. Well, you're not going to find anybody that loves you that way. You're going to destroy yourself first. But I want you to understand something. You see... With all of our talk about the love of God, there's a place in the Scripture where you start looking, just like with Jesus and John. And John was the disciple that Jesus loved. And you find John leaning over talking to Jesus. You find them talking about things that... It wasn't that Jesus was trying to withhold from anybody else, but other people weren't ready to hear it. Other people didn't want to hear it at that time. You know something... I had a residential Bible college for about 30 years. And uh, it was amazing how much time you could waste trying to give pearls to swine. In other words, trying to take people who said they wanted to walk with God, who said they want to follow God, who said they had to call the ministry, trying to take them on a journey that they had absolutely no intention to make it. Oh, they wanted the benefits of the journey. They want they, they to be called a minister. They want to be called a preacher. But as far as living the kind of life and, and making the kind of sacrifices and, and doing what it takes to actually be a servant to other people, no, that, that wasn't what they wanted. What they wanted was a big church, a, a whole lot of people, a lot of glory and fame and a big old fat paycheck and a lot of notoriety. Well, you know something, That's you know that's not what ministry is about. But the point is this. I discovered, and I didn't judge people and say, who can take this and who can listen and who's going to be. I'll tell you what I did. I I followed Jesus' principle. You know, Jesus would say, Follow me, and he'd start walking. And the people that he told the secrets to, the secrets of the kingdom, the mysteries of the kingdom, the people that he revealed all these incredible insights to, they were the ones that said, Yeah, I I, want to walk with you. Yes, I want to make this journey with you. Let me ask you something. If having an intimate, passionate, loving, God-holding-nothing-back-from-you relationship with God, if that means that you have to have a heart that says, you know what? I'm holding nothing back from you. I'm not going to hold on to any part of my past life. I'm not going to hold on to any of my opinions. I'm not going to hold on to sin. I'm not going to have anything in front of you. If it means that, do you really want this kind of relationship with God? Listen, I'll tell you how to make this journey. I'll be right back. Don't go away. Many things just change in your life effortlessly. Number one, when you feel the love of God, your self-worth is transformed and you start experiencing and having this sense of incredible value that God has. For you. second thing that happens when you're experiencing the love of God is your faith explodes because faith works by love. In other words, the more you experience God's love, the more you trust Him. And when you experience God's love, you're going to find that you will effortlessly... Uh, show love to other people because when you are knowing and experiencing God's love, it just comes out of you. This is going to be one of the most important series you've ever had. You know, I don't take the time very often to tell you what all we're doing around the world because just more than we can discuss, but our world changers make that possible. And I want to just mention to you something that we've been doing for quite a long time and been doing more of it lately. We've been working with our armed forces. You know, we actually did a seminar one time and provided all kinds of books, for couples that had, had gotten divorced or they were in conflict as a result of one or the other being deployed. Recently, we donated 150 copies of Take the Limits Off God, going to gift boxes to go to soldiers that are deployed deployed right now. Just this past uh, weekend, I, I spent a week doing a special outreach for vets to help them deal with PTSD and various other issues and how to put their lives back together and to recover their health. You know something? If you care about what's happening... With our vets around the world, you might want to help us reach out a little bit farther by becoming a world changer. Just be sure and go to impactministries.com and find out about becoming a world changer today. You know, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy and tells him about vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor in the household of God. And when he first starts talking about this, it sounds like he's telling Timothy, that you know, God's going to sovereignly decide if you're a vessel of honor or if you're a vessel of dishonor. But then finally, he tells him that if you want to be a vessel of honor, set your heart on these things. In other words, you may not decide the specifics of what, how God wants to use you. You may not decide the specifics uh, of every aspect of, of, of where God's going to lead you. But I'll tell you what you can decide you can decide if the path that you're going to walk on is going to be a path as a vessel of honor. It it will be, or whether or not it's going to be a path where you hear and recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit, where you're always alive and sensitive to God. And I'm going to tell you, some people are going to say, oh, no, oh, no, see, that's legalism. That's that's works. You know, you can't earn God. We're not talking about earning God's love. We're talking about a heart that can hear, a heart that can receive, a heart that can follow. That's who God's looking for. You know, the Bible says the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the earth, just seeking to show himself strong in behalf of someone whose heart is fully, fully connected to him. So, you know, the the question is this, do I really want this incredibly intimate relationship with God. And if I do, maybe the starting place might even be, God, I I want this, but I know I'm too lazy and I know I'm too selfish to have it. I know that where I am now, I can't even have a decent relationship with with, with somebody that I want to date, much less a a God that I can't see. But I, I want this. So God, take me to that place take me to that place lead me down the path that, that brings me into this intimate place this secret place with you where i'm connected to you 24/7 where i hear your voice where i where i trust you follow you obey you where no matter what you call on me to do i'm going to do it but i'm going to be intimately connected to you and you know what he will answer that prayer